Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, on a cold, chilly, rainy Friday. But hey, it's Friday, and we made it to the week. Now, (laughs) yesterday afternoon, I'm sitting at home. Kid just woke up for a nap, got an alert on my phone. Mike Schilt no longer with the St. Louis Cardinals. According to Mo, it's a difference of philosophy. Now, this is my question to you. Is that a difference of philosophy? Because... We need some pretty big star talent in the bullpen to help this train keep rolling, or we're fine where we are and we don't need to change anything different. What are your thoughts? I think that there is a major fissure of some sort between the front office and the thinking process of Mike Schilt. Schilt has been with the Cardinals organization now for 18 years, so he has a distinct level of how he thinks the franchise should be run. But how he thinks it should be and what the front office thinks it should be obviously are not the same. Am I surprised by all this? Yes, because I really thought he had another year remaining on the contract. And this team has made the playoffs three years in a row. This year, a bit of an anomaly, but nonetheless, they did make the playoffs. Am I shocked? No, because I had heard reports, and these are not media reports. These are from friends of mine who have some internal... Uh, knowledge of how the Cardinals operate, that Shield had some problems keeping control of the team. That doesn't mean the team didn't like him, but the players, there's a certain level of respect that Major League Baseball players have for guys who did play the game and Mike Shield didn't. So maybe that intangible might have had some difference. The fact that the Cardinals got in the playoffs with that 17-game winning streak helped to kind of shield from a lot of the fans, what the team played during the regular season. And therein lies the problem, because this team really underachieved much of the campaign, and they did it with some really unusual play, play that is not Cardinals play. Now, I think that uh, this disagreement, and John Mosellock talked about it in the press conference, did not necessarily reflect on this year. It reflects on a direction that the team is taking, and what really is impacting in my mind is that Schilt goes but his coaching staff stays if they want to. That tells me something that there were some major disagreements with how the team was being run and what they should do. We talked about it Mike on the air here during the course of the season. Cardinals were playing long ball getting guys up there swinging for the fence. Where is the small ball Mm -hmm. aspect of this game? Where are you playing hit and run, steals? Well, later on, the Cardinals did start to steal. Tommy Edmond had a couple of them in the playoffs, and they were playing that level of small ball. But could you direct the ball to where shifts had not uh, impacted what you do? No, they weren't until later in the season. So there were probably some major differences in how the team operates. They're not going, they being the Cardinals front office, is not going to elaborate on what that is, but the fact is that there was obviously a major disagreement. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> you know, bottom line, Mike Schilt's a great manager. He really, he, he really is, I think. I mean, we saw him down here. I thought he was, I thought he was a good manager. But I think you're right when you say the, the player's coach thing. Sometimes players are like, what does this guy know? And then it, it's, you know, it kind of goes back to what I said about uh, Gruden. You know, some, the problem is a lot of the time these guys don't want to play for that guy. And when you got, like, when you had your Tom Bali interview, 
he said that 50-50 of the guys in the league are here for the team and 50-50 here for the money. Now you've got to compound that with a guy who may or may not have played the game and all these other things, and maybe you just need to find a player's coach. In any profession, when the organization doesn't come together and you don't win, you have problems. You definitely do. So do you think they're going to stay within the organization and promote up, or they're going to look for somebody else? Oh, I think they stay from within. That's been the Cardinals' motif uh, for many years. Red Shane Deans, and uh, then you had, well, most recently Mike Matheny, Mm -hmm. who, in fact, Schilt replaced Schilt, who's been with the Cardinals for 18 years now. So I think they'll probably explore some individuals who may not necessarily be with the team right now, like a Joe McEwing, who's with the Chicago White Sox under La Russa. He was an old Cardinal, a guy who played for the team. Stubby Clapp, who is their first baseman at the moment, first base coach, I should say. Uh, there is, of course, uh, Jose Okendo. Yep. But Jose Okendo might not want it because he does, and we saw him down here with the Springfield Cardinals helping the team through drills this year. doesn't get around very well. He has knee problems. So from that aspect, you're talking about 162 games, piloting a team. There may be problems along those lines if, in fact, he is one of the candidates. But, yes, the answer is I think they do uh, come from within. Whether they're either with the organization now or have been in the past. They have some cardinal blood with them. Yeah, and I I think you're right. At least in that aspect, as long as they've been with the team, we might see him come back. It'll be an interesting couple weeks to see how they uh, pull this off. Crazy drama. (laughs) Didn't even, it feels like, I mean, season's not even over yet. So yesterday had some concern about some of the players that didn't practice for the Kansas City Chiefs. Probably my biggest concern is Tyreek Hill. You think he's playing on Sunday? I really do. I think he will get in there. He has a quad muscle injury and he uh, had that happen to him in the Philadelphia Eagles game. But the remaining factor, you know, Joe Tooney and Chris Jones also didn't practice along with several others who uh, sat out. And this is the time of the week when you really want those guys in there. Now, there is another practice session coming up today as the Chiefs get ready for the Washington football team. But to have Tyreek Hill on the sideline, that takes away a major offensive weapon. And Joe Tooney, a major part of your offensive line, Chris Jones speaks for itself. Jones, incidentally, has a wrist injury, and that's what's bothered him. Didn't play at all last week. This must be of rather severe consequences. Will they play this week? We'll find out more today and, of course, this weekend when you have to issue the uh, injury report that makes it official. But the fact is that the Chiefs do have some uh, injury problems still, Mike. They are they're a superior team to Washington. I hope they are, and... Uh... You know, I, I, any given Sunday, though, <laughs> the way this season's been, my man, I'm not putting any stock in anything until that game's finished and I see a W next to the Kansas City Chiefs because it's been insane. Uh, speaking of which, you know, when the game started last night for Thursday Night Football, Bucks and Eagles, I was like, oh, God, here we go again. Tampa Bay's going to score 45 points in the first half. But you know what? They didn't. They only scored 28, 28-22. Very close game. Philadelphia kind of had a chance to come back. I think the problem is Jalen is trying to force it a little bit too much, and they're not utilizing what they have. They, well, it's again, not so much that. They were they were too far behind to really make a significant comeback against a team that's pretty good. I mean, you don't win the Super Bowl no. without being pretty good and having some good weapons. But then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the ultimate deciding factor, and that's Tom Brady. What did he do when the game was close? Philadelphia's only six points down, 28-22. Brady gets the ball with about around four minutes remaining in the game and takes them down the field and kills that clock. 
That is beautiful. That's the way you operate a football team. You don't go for all the big Hail Marys and all that. No, you play a good, constructive level of football, and really not just in football, in any sport. And Brady took him through that storm. Philadelphia is not all that bad a team. They aren't in the caliber of the Tampa Bay Bucks, nor the Kansas City Chiefs, anything like that. But they'll make some noise. This is their fourth loss. Uh, still have the Cowboys to play in Philadelphia. Still have the Giants and Washington to play a couple of times. It be surprising to me to see this team come forth and maybe do some things. But the fact is, they're tough, but not quite tough enough to get over the hill. You know, uh, Jalen had some nice stuff last night, but then again, there are certain things that I just, I'm, my head just can't get around. And the fact that you got Miles Sanders on that team, and they are not utilizing him at all and the only reason I'm focusing on this is because I've got him on one of my fantasy teams <laughs> and it's crazy though dude I mean you're talking about the, a player like this touching the ball four or five times a game what the hell is going on? Okay, I'll tell you exactly why because their offensive line is in shambles it's just uh, it's heartbreaking and you have to have you have to have big horses up front Philadelphia does not have them they can't offer any protection Jalen's running for, for his life but what, that's exactly what I'm talking about because the O-line isn't there. The O-line can't create any holes for him. That's where they have problems. That's where they need and to there, be And there was, hell, there was a play early on in the first half or the, his, I don't even remember what number for the Eagles, dude just ran right by him. And I'm like, what the? I mean, it was like three-second delay where he realized, oh, my God, and he was already gone. And it just, yeah, uh, frustrating. But, hey, you know what? At least it wasn't a complete blowout like I thought it was going to be. Last but not least, Game 5, Giants, Dodgers. Kind of feel like the bad guys won, Ned. Well, <laughs> there, wasn't a really, there wasn't really a good guy, but I think of both baddies, the baddest of the baddies won. 106 wins beat 107 wins, and you're all drawing very thi- fine, <laughs> thin line between the two of them. The Dodgers win the game 2-1 to one on a base hit by Cody Bellinger in the top of the ninth inning. Now, the game goes to the bottom of the ninth, the game being played at Oracle Park in San Francisco, and the Giants get a runner on first with two outs. Batter, who you never know what's going to happen, of course. Who is pitching? Max Scherzer in relief. First time he's ever pitched in relief. He's in there in the ninth inning because this game means everything as far as advancement is concerned. Throws a pitch on the outside. Batter takes a half cut, holds on. Pitch is called a ball. Catcher says, check with the first base umpire. First base umpire rings him up, strike three. You take a look at the replays, that was not a check swing. It was a fully stopped swing. And the umpire, who said, well, I didn't have the chance to see the replay, well, he called him out, and that's the way the game ended. The argument to that is, and this is, this is from a reporter's standpoint, in basketball, there's an unwritten rule that in the final, oh, 10 to 5 seconds of a close game, you let the players play. Same thing in baseball. You don't come to a finite decision like that, in my opinion, and strike out a guy to end a game that is a key playoff game. So, as a result, it's the Dodgers against the Atlanta Braves. They'll start tomorrow. The American League Series starts tonight with the Red Sox and the Astros. The two winners there are in the World Series. Man, what I you know I I got no I got no dogs in that race, but at the same time, it's just to have it in like actually I know exactly what that's like because a couple years ago I was at an AFC Championship game when my team uh, lost because of a coin toss, so I know all about it actually, and uh, that better never find his way in north Northern California any 
anytime soon. Uh, you say lost on a coin toss. They lost to Tom Brady. Yeah, uh, and a coin toss. <laughs> I mean, that rule got changed after that game. It did. Ned, you have a great weekend. Ned Talk starts at 10 a.m. Chiefs, Washington on Sunday, 10 sir. 10 a.m. The crew will be here. We'll do our pre-pre-game show, and we'll talk about a Kansas City Chiefs more than likely victory. Go Chiefs.